It's Jax. What up, Dallas? Let's go. Martin Luther had a dream, but Freddy Krueger had a Ruger. X Malcolm hopped the picture, so now we back to the future. Now we back to these losers embracing death like they used to. Poking up they just, but listen, son, now you leaking that future. Huh? So who's the shooter? Hum, is it your man? Or was it a fan? Or was it a stand? Huh? I would beg to differ. In hindsight, I bet you he said he was not a nigga. Plus, Biggie Smalls was just minding his business, yo. Smoking an Optimo. Somebody got the drop, the homie Biggie has got to go. And they couldn't stop it, no, I wish that they could Yeah, the world needs change, but man, I wish that we would So what a long frown, a man hung from a four pound His blood ripples on the floor from the wall sound His mama sitting at the wake, hoping the Lord's found Another dead, another gone now, damn George Elliott said that it's best to be what you want to be Fucking do what you want to do So I do what I want to do Bet you did it to floss Bitch, I did what I wanted Bet you did it and lost Bitch, I did it and won it Shit, I'm never coming back Listen, I just want to rap Gee, I told you all of that On about a dozen tracks I don't give a fuck I just, I just, I just want to rap Spitting fire on this track Like a fucking thundercat Plus this mic is bleeding roho This shit is a no-no Rolling in that low-low Plus I'm from that ball Need a folk, folk, smoking on my logo Ready for the world and we so-so Still with the flow, somebody got a vote, Heard the lames and I swear they so-so Too much love for the fame just to go broke You said think I had the rap game and the trope And I was like I got the whole world in a rope Got to think of damn dog, you crazy Is he the next Jay-Z? My crystal ball is hazy, but I don't know, maybe Welcome back to the Insane Tech Podcast It's your host Chris here And uh, <laughs> it's taking us a while to actually get this shit going If you knew what was going on behind the scenes And getting this show together <laughs> It's taken us a couple tries. Uh, we had to do a whole new setup and everything like that. But um, uh, today I'm being joined by someone you should. If you're listening to all the shows on the network, uh, you are probably no stranger to her voice. Uh, you've heard her on um, Docu Drunks if you're a premium member. Uh, some of her nostalgia reviews, uh, some of her regular reviews too. I think you did one of them. I know a comic book book club, and she's also the host of her own show on the network. Uh, Secret Sauce, I am being joined by the lovely Latoya. How are you doing, ma'am? Hello. Yeah, it took us a while to get uh, to get all this stuff together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You know, it's just one of the things about podcasting that um, you think everything's working fine. You, your system that you've been using all the time is fine. The settings are the same. Everything's okay. And then the one day you go to do a show and nothing fucking works. Mm-hmm. Nothing you can do about it. But um, how are you doing, ma'am? I'm great. How are you? Uh, I think I told you this before. I am tired. <laughs> I am so tired. <laughs> Between everything right the network and then um, we have the Black Panther viewing next week uh, that we're setting up and then just exciting to see the Black Panther uh, Black Panther movie ourselves. Um, there's a lot going on. I'm just, I'm tired. Um, I'm out of shape. I need to get back into shape. I'm just, oh, just stressed. You know, the usual, I would say. This week is gonna be bananas. It's gonna be bananas. Yeah. And you got what, like uh, a couple of showings to do, a few yeah. showings to do, plus everything that goes on with the network, plus Super Tuesday. Yeah, you got a lot going on, man. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm actually. They're doing this weird thing with some of the shows where they're like some of the shows are on break, some of them are not. And so I'm actually, I'm, I'm, I'm actually really grateful <laughs> for this. Like, 
Agent of <laughs> Shield went on break for a month, and I'm like, thank God. <laughs> you know, you know, let's that and, right. one. Huh? They snatched our wigs off with the last one. Yeah, so. and and I'm okay waiting a week. I'm I'm waiting a month. You know, mm-hmm. um, Flash is on break next week, but then eight, then Legends comes back. It's just I never get a break. It's just it's just always something going on, and so and then that's on top of everything else we're trying to do on the network. So, um, yeah, it's just it's a lot. and I'm doing videos now. I shot a video earlier this morning. I gotta edit and put together uh, this evening to get up, and then I got another one for uh, uh, Black Panther. I, I'm gonna finish tomorrow, so I have it up on my. It's just everything going on. And um, it's a lot. It's a lot going on. But I'm about the only one. So here's why. Here, I'm going to tell everybody how on, on why you're on the show uh, this weekend. All right. And, it, and it's really <laughs> funny. All right. So I'm listening to you. Put your last show up. The last show you did was your New Year's uh, your Happy New Year's show. And uh, it was a great show. And I've been loving what you've been doing with uh, Secret Sauce. And could you change your format around? You now usually get a, a host for the entire show. And you do one or two interviews you throw in there for black women and you know, you know, I know you've been you've been worried and nervous about it, but uh, you've really been, you know, you've been finding your footing, and you, you know, they're good shows. So I'm listening to the last show because I don't I don't get to listen to all the shows before I put them up, the entire show before I put them up. But I'm just listening to certain segments so I can split in, you know, your interviews and make sure the audio quality is there. And I'm listening, and all of a sudden I hear you talking about your business, and I'm like, wait a minute, she has her whole she has a whole other business. And I immediately felt terrible because I'm like, oh, my God, how did I not know you were running your own business? Oh, my God. <laughs> that, that, that is LaToya uh, 101. I don't I don't talk about myself a lot. So, yeah, I would have I would have started a business and you would have never have known. It. Well, and, and that's exactly what happened. Cause I'm like, I'm over here feeling bad. Like, so I immediately like, I think I either text you or I email you. It's like, yo, I'm listening to the show. And you have a baking business you're starting. Like, I didn't know. Like, you should definitely be promoting that on the show and telling more people. And I'm, like, feeling so horrible about it. So then we have a call. And you're like, yeah, I started in December. I'm like, oh, wait, you started like a month ago? Oh, so it's like, so it wasn't my fault that I didn't know about it. <laughs> Not at all. No, you know, I'm more of an inner than an outer. So, I Yeah this would have never had been conversation that we would have had. And that's funny too, because I do the secret sauce show. But so that's one of the things I want to talk to you about, because like, it's so funny when, you know, you came to me about doing a show and how to do it and things like that. And you were talking about it. And I can even tell when you first started off that it's not something that you normally do. It's like kind of getting out of your comfort zone a little bit. Um, A little? (laughs) (laughs) No, but seriously, and so and and, and it's funny um, to me because I feel like that's that's what most podcasters are anyway. I think a lot of us aren't used to like I'm doing video now, but there's a reason why I did audio first. And I was like, I don't want to be in fucking front of a fucking camera. Hell no, I don't want to do that shit. I don't want to do a live a live show. Fuck no. Just, let's hear my voice, and that'll be good enough. It, it's it's it feels more anonymous, right? Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and so I'm thinking about this and I'm like, oh, my God, she's like she's literally doing she's got the show. She's got this baking business. You got the Instagram. You didn't I didn't even know about the Instagram account you had. And it's weird. Cause I saw it. I was like, huh, well, maybe she's maybe she's baking things for herself. And I didn't like it didn't register in my mind that you would actually started this as a business. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, she just doesn't see it. She doesn't see that. 
yeah, no, this all works together and she definitely should be promoting her business. It's and it is so funny to me because like you have been interviewing you. You've done what? Ten shows now. I have. Mm-hmm. So it's ten shows, but it's way more interviews than that. Because some of these, some of these shows have been like two, maybe sometimes three interviews in them at once. So right. I mean, yeah. that's you know, putting it nicely, maybe twenty interviews at the bare minimum. And so you've talked to all these other black women about their businesses, <laughs> and at no point did you bring up your own. And I was like, yeah, that seems like her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah okay so let me just say this I'm a true introvert like if I could just sit in my house and and do my own thing I am mwah, perfection ah that's perfect life for Toya. I don't even know why in the world I hit you up to do a show if I was to be honest I don't know what 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 was inside of me that day but I did it and I've been I've loved every minute of it. It's so out of my comfort zone. It's not even funny. So I've been interviewing women that inspire me to death. I've interviewed um, voiceover artists and fashion designers and uh, bakers and um, coaches. And they inspire me to start my own business. But telling people, now that's, (laughs) that's a lot for me. And (laughs) <laughs> honestly and and the reason why i have an instagram and a facebook and a, and my website is because that's what you're supposed to do when you start a business and so i'm following you know everything click 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 but then telling people that i have it scares the bejesus out of me um showing my art because i've been doing art since i was a kid scares the bejesus out of me so no you if you hadn't hit me up, I probably would have never have told you. What's even funnier is um, one of my last interviews was with the young lady that did baking in her high school. Mm-hmm. And, um, started baking in high school. And so when we get off the mic, you know, she was like, oh, so do you have a business? I was like, yeah, I have a baking business. She was like, what? And you interviewed me. And I was like, what's that got to do with you? Like, what? What does that mean to me? Of course I would interview you like and she said, Well, that's just great. Like, so I'm sure you're putting your business out of there. And I just started snickering because it's so out of my comfort zone. Like, uh, and then it's it's the it's the I'm an introvert plus, you know, you don't want anyone to beat your art up too bad. You know, I don't know if that's a a woman thing, a, a Latoya thing, a black thing. I don't know. I just all know it's me. It's all so, the, it's all the above. It's all of that. Yeah. yeah. You're probably right. Well, so <laughs> it's so funny and this is why this is exactly why considering the themes i've been having at the beginning of every show the last three shows um like i've had rod on uh, i've had uh aaron on for black astronauts had justin on and we've all kind of been talking about like you know you know us being business owners and running businesses but it's all been from this aspect of podcasting and i was saying this last week with you know um when it was on last week it's like hey you know it's this, this this information I'm giving is and we're talking about is more beyond just podcasting. It's about you know starting your own business to begin with, and I definitely think that podcasting. So like, and I also wanted to do this. I wanted you to make sure that you felt more comfortable in being able to do this. So I was like, I'm gonna force her to kind of like talk about her business and talk about what she's doing, um, because no, it, it I, I I totally understand not wanting to put yourself out there 
And that's why, honestly, that's why I started podcasting. So I started, I started blogging and I started podcasting because, again, if you still feel anonymous. You still feel mm-hmm. like, you know, somebody puts it out there, oh, well, you know, it's not really, you know, can't really trace it back to me. You can't, you know, unless you hear my voice sometimes, you might not be able to, you know, it still feels like it's, it's a dark secret, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but as I got more comfortable with it, I felt more comfortable, you know, speaking about it and putting it out there. And I'm still technically an introvert because it just... I mean, people tell you this. I'll be around, and like, I think it was even at NegroCon at one point. Like, I just disappeared. Like, people could find. I was like, "What happened to where Chris?" I was just like, I just slink into the background somewhere. I just get t- tired of dealing with with people. It happens to me all the time. Um, but like, the podcast has made me more confident in in my craft, and I feel more um, comfortable in talking about it. And I definitely was like, yo, I definitely want, I definitely think secret sauce and being on the network and everything you do here will definitely help you in your, in your business. Um, because I hope you, you know, it, 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 you'll get comfortable talking to other people about their business and eventually you'll end up talking about yours and then you'll feel more comfortable in your stuff. And, and I definitely think that'll, that'll help you. So, um, I'm going to get into your arc. I want to talk about some of the shirts you've been doing, but we'll, we'll say that for later, but can you, uh, like kind of just big overview of what your business is and and what you do with it okay so the name of my business is treats and temptations um i started off the cake i don't know i'm not sure if you're familiar with it because if you're not in the south you may not be but um and it's definitely not chocolate cake with red food coloring don't do that what kind of cake um, was it would you, you say again you broke up a little bit um the the cake that i started off with was a red velvet cake okay so if you're not from the South, like I'm not from the South, I'm from Alaska. So I never heard of a red velvet cake until I came down here to Atlanta. And it was my obsession for like years, but I wanted something a little bit different. And as a kid, I grew up baking, like my mom would make like lemon meringue pies and cobblers and cakes and cookies. That was her life. She was a baker herself, pardon me. And so I grew up doing that too. And so um, that red velvet cake was like an enigma to me until I figured out a really good recipe. Um, and I started, uh, funny enough, uh, I started um, doing it for <clears throat> edibles <clears throat> and uh, <laughs> it was turned out to be delicious. So then I started making it for people regularly and the people started asking for it. And then it became super popular. And I was just going to do, you know, a cake here, a cake there. But then I started doing secret sauce and I was so inspired by the ladies and what they were doing and, you know, how they just put themselves out there. And I decided to give it a try. So um, I make red velvet cake with cream cheese icing. I make cupcakes and cakes. I make sugar cookies. I make double chocolate chip cookies. I make a sticky peach dumpling which is basically um peach cobbler in a mason jar with like fresh whipped cream um i make butter cake i can make it with oreos on the inside i can do chocolate chips like it just really makes me happy to bake and to decorate and i've gotten more into cookie decorating now so what i'm working on today is the wakanda flag on a cookie oh so that's a lot of fun. Um, I made a power fist the other day. Like I just, I just absolutely adore baking. Um, so 
I started my business. I started it back in December. Back. I started it in December. Right. The whole <laughs> way I've back really three months well. ago. And so I'm just trying to build it. Um, eventually, I want to get into corporate offices and, and mom and pop stores and stuff like that. But for now, yeah, I'm just a baby in it. And I love what I do. So um, how many years? I know you said you started when you were... You know, you've, you've always enjoyed baking, but how many years would you say, like if you were going to put this on your resume, how many years would you put on your resume as baking? Man, probably about 10. Oh, that's, that's, that's pretty fucking good. <laughs> that's a lot. Yeah, like I've been baking for people, for family, for friends for years, mm-hmm. but I didn't take it. I never really thought of it as you know, an art or something that I could do professionally because I mean, why? I, I mean, it's just something that I've always done. So yeah, I've been doing it for a while. Yeah. I think that's the funny thing about um, everything when it comes to uh, like the internet and podcasting and um, you know, just, you know, social media, that things mm-hmm. that people didn't think that they could, if people can take their passions now and turn them into businesses, you know, and that's always been something that you could do, but now I feel like it's more accessible. And like you said, you, you always been doing this, but then you spend, because you started Seversoft, man, we didn't start, you didn't start at all last year. It was like, what, halfway the last year we started? I want to say it was like March yeah. or April. Yeah. Yeah. So like, you know, maybe seven months of interviewing other black women, you're like, Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> right why can't i Wait. right why, why can't i do the same thing that you know they're doing they're living their best lives and living their passions why can't i do the same thing so um no it, it truly is one of those amazing feelings to go hey wait a minute maybe i can maybe i can try this um so uh what you're early on in you started in december um and it's it's funny to me because it, it's I'm I'm in a bunch of black podcaster groups right now, and I'm always looking at other podcasters and how they're coming up and what they're how how they're facing and and doing challenges that I came up with. I've been in this for ten years now, and I'm looking at what they're what they're dealing with and the questions they're asking and things like that. And it's interesting me seeing like what kind of roadblocks they're facing because they're different than what I face, right? You know, they're pluses and minuses. They have more access to things, but even having more access to things sometimes make it an an, an overload of information, so it, it makes it harder. What would you say, you know, you're early on in this, have you faced any like road bumps beyond just you know your own personal like hangups of, I don't know if I can do this, um, which by the way, you can, um, what are some, have you faced any roadblocks in, in getting this started? Um, I would say the, one of the biggest roadblocks is Georgia law because Georgia law is, um, you, you, the cottage food laws versus the commercial kitchen laws. So um, I'm considered a cottage kitchen, which means I can cook from home. Mm-hmm. And there's, but there's a lot of restrictions on that in Georgia, because in Georgia you can't mail it if you're from home, or you can't um, um, sell to corporations if you're doing it from home. So you have to be in a commercial kitchen. Okay, so I looked up commercial kitchen pricing and locations, and it's crazy. Mm-hmm. So you want a commercial kitchen access. A lot of them are like, between six and eight hundred dollars a month. Oh wow! So you're talking about a house payment or a rent payment 
before you actually get into those places. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's it's that's my biggest roadblock right now is figuring out how to get access to a commercial kitchen. I know there's other ways to do it, but if you look at it from where I'm at right now, what I've been able to find, it's super expensive. Yeah. I was that's my biggest role. That in and and forcing myself to market, which is another part of, you know, telling people what I do. Mm-hmm. Part of it. That's a roadblock for me. Yeah, the marketing part. Um, well, first, let me deal with the other thing. Like the laws and like it's it's always weird because you it's like people go wait wait I I know I buy I buy cookies from people all the time who bake things at home and mail it to me. It's like yeah, well maybe they're not doing it legally. <laughs> you know, it's like you know, and so there's there's what you you're there's what you you're, you're doing, and then there's what the law is supposed to allow you to do, and like. People don't understand that sometimes, you know, there's a little people ain't doing things that are exactly legal to get their things together. But it's also sometimes that, you know, you understand why they had the law like that. But it's also like it's a it's a huge limit. It's a very it's a limiting factor. It's like you're saying that I need to have, like I said, a house payment a month to um, to be able to make enough stuff to be able to make money to even afford that. Like, how can I get access to the the commercial kitchen if I can't sell my product to make the money to get access to the commercial kitchen. You know, it's just, yeah, yeah, it's a cycle there. And then, like you said, the marketing thing is always weird. It's, and it's funny to me because that's one of the aspects of seeing like podcasters today get into it because they're all into the marketing aspect of it. And I'm like, yeah, when we started off, we didn't care about that. Like we didn't do any of that. And, and and part of me goes, well, maybe we could have been bigger if we did have that in mind. So I think people who focus on that now up front are way ahead than I was 10 years ago. But at the same time, I'm going, man, I didn't have that pressure. You know, we could just do what we wanted to do. Didn't care. Didn't didn't need to do. There weren't 20 different social media platforms. I need to figure out a different strategy for to figure out how to put myself on. I can just, hey, got to show up, put it on Facebook. I'm done. You know? And walk mm-hmm. away. Nowadays, it's like you got to do this, you got to do that. Do I run Facebook ads? Do I do this? And it's just a lot going on. And I can imagine that when it comes to a baking business, it's the same thing. Particularly when, you know, a lot of people have gotten baking businesses now, or food mm-hmm. businesses. So it um, it's it it can it can be hard. It can be it can feel like a, a daunting task almost to get in there. But um, yeah, like I said, I've she tell people what your uh your um your Instagram is because I, I want them to definitely look at some of the pictures you have up on there. Cause like, do you, you took your own pictures, right? I did. Yeah. They look amazing. Oh, thanks. I yeah. try. Yeah. Just, I mean, like, <laughs> like they look like you, you are in like some kind of professional studio taking the picture. So it's like, yeah, it's, it's been, yeah, you, you're doing a good job and uh, you definitely should be out there promoting it. Cause I, I definitely think it's, uh, you'll be successful in it. Um, what would you say has been, and I think I know what you're going to say, but I'm going to ask this anyway, what has been the scariest thing so far about starting your own business? Well, first you asked about my Instagram. So my Instagram is treats and temptations. I couldn't get and so it's treats and the letter N and then temptations. It's probably better. Instagram. Hmm. That's why I said that's probably better than putting the and in there anyway. So. Oh, okay. Well, thanks. <laughs> um, scariest thing, uh, putting myself out there. That's it. That's the scariest thing. Like, 
telling people what I do and then waiting for them to give you feedback. Like that's not easy for me. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. Like posting pictures, you know how long it took me to post pictures? Oh my God. Oh my, <laughs> they had to be perfect. Had to be perfectly white background. It couldn't be any like um, dark spots. Like it, it took me the longest just to put it up on Instagram and then to share it on Facebook. Oh! So, yeah, it, it's been just putting myself out there is probably the scariest part, to be honest. <laughs> you know, it always is. I, and um, it does get better and easier, but I think it also at sometimes also gets scarier. Because when you start realizing that, hey, wait, people are like, it's one thing, you know, putting yourself out there you know, is scary. And then you're like, oh, well, nobody really cares. Nobody's there. I'm getting little things here and there. And it's fine. And then when you start getting people. Like hitting you up on the regular, like, oh wait, people are actually paying attention. Like, <laughs> like I can't just, I can't just phone this in. Ah, oh, so, um, but now, I think you do get used to it. About that, when I started Secret Sauce, I just thought of it as me just talking into a mic, right? There's nobody listening. And then you told me how many people actually downloaded. I, I dry <laughs> heat for like an hour. <laughs> then, um, I had listener feedback one time from a gentleman named rich i want to say you had him on the air before yeah rich he he hit me up and i swore i looked at that email like oh my god there was somebody listening other than chris (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) feedback is great like i want people to have to give me feedback on secret sauce please so i can do better and that you can you know um join in on the conversations because i think the conversations i have with the ladies are great but it's also super scary for me because that means judgment. Ah, da, 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 da. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It does, uh, uh, and like I said, it's you get used to it. You get used to people's opinions, and people have, you know, things like that. But you got you got to think about this. There's two things. Like it's um, <clears throat> when I used to train Muay Thai, um, I coached, and I was going into my first fight. My coach first told me it's like the week of the, last week of training camp. And I'm preparing, and um, you know, you're when it's your first anything, you're always nervous. And this is my first time going to get into a cage and fight another grown ass man. So this is like the fuck. And he was like, "Hey, you know, you're going to be nervous. It's going to feel weird. It's going to be there. But you got to think about something like this: win or lose, like you will have done something that only." at probably 1% of of people in the world have done, which is get into a cage and fight somebody else. You know, mm-hmm. that's not what most people do. So it's like, no matter what happens, you've already have achieved something that most people never achieve. And I think that's the same thing when it comes to whether it's podcasting, whether it's, cause I know right now everybody says, oh, well, you know, everybody's podcasting, right? No, no, everybody's not. Like, there's still more people listening to podcasts than people who actually podcast and, you know, yeah. way more. And the same thing goes for businesses, you know? Um, and you being a black woman with a business is, is even a smaller number. Um, and so I, taking that leap and, 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 and stepping into that thing is scary but you also have to realize that even by doing that, you've already accomplished something that a lot of other people won't do. You know, it's, it's so it's one of the funny things that I always find about those those trolls that get on and tell people. And we'll, okay, I got some conversation about that later on. Um, but oh, start your own business. Why don't you, you know, buy black and blah 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 blah? 
what I always find funny about a lot of those people that talk about that, none of them have their own business. None of them have talked taking that leap. None of them have put their money where their mouth is and put their reputation where their mouth is or taken that leap of faith to go out and, and, and put together a plan and look into the business laws and figure out, can I even do this? And should I do this? And fuck it, I am going to do this. You know, most of them have never done that. And so the first time you go out and do do that, you've started there, you know, no matter what, you've already kind of accomplished something, you know, it's already a win in the book and everything from there is whatever you make of it, you know? So like I said, we started podcasting 10 years ago and I'm, I'm now here and I, there's still things I want to do. still, you know, changes I want to make and stuff like that. But man, that's, you know, I can stop today and still feel like I've accomplished a lot more than a lot of other people did. So you should definitely, Again, it's gonna it's gonna take you some while. I know it is. I know I know you. You're gonna take you a while to get comfortable with that. But you should. Like I said, you know, Secret Sauce has been really, really great. Um and uh I know you'll be successful in the business. Now now I have to ask you just because I've first of all, I found out a lot of information about you just by I, I now I know I have to do this now. By by just not not stalking you on Facebook, but just perusing your Facebook. Like, for instance, like you dropped the online here earlier about you being from Alaska. So I knew that. But only because I saw that you had brought something. You were something that had. Oh, it was a picture. It was the the video of the moose. Yeah. And that and that's how I figured it. I was like, oh, yeah. No, I always thought you were from Atlanta because you just you don't you don't talk about yourself. So that's how I knew that you were from Alaska. Kid, you were like, oh, this is home. I miss home sometimes. I'm like, huh? Imagine yeah, that walking across the street. That's yeah. a normal occurrence. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Another reason why I cannot be in uh, from Alaska. So. <laughs> um, yeah, you um, it's moose and caribou, and so it'll stop a whole highway. We'll just shut down. Oh, listen, I know they're serious because I've watched. Um, I used to watch Alaska State Trooper, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, no. So here, here's the thing. First of all, first of all, like anytime, like any, especially whenever the the troopers have to do like their wilderness calls or their their their, their, their something like that. And they're like, okay, uh, yeah, so now, now I got to go and get my shotgun because, you know, bears. And they would just say it so casually. And I'm like, no, see, fuck you. No, that's not. You don't casually, you don't casually drop off oh, bears. They're fucking land sharks. And no, I don't fucking, no, just wrong. No, nope, don't do that. Um, But also, you were, you've been doing this thing for Black History Month where you're dropping a new design for your shirts. Which, by the way, I also got to say thank you on air for the shirt you sent me, the Black Panther shirt, I'm aware that during um, our Black Panther viewing. Uh, thank you very much for that. Um, but you've yeah. been doing different, different, different shirts for your um, uh, for Black History Month. What 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 inspires you to do that? Well, okay, so um, your T-shirt, it was a pleasure. I actually did one for you, Rod and Karen, and I don't know a lot about Black Panther, but I I know I watched that trailer uh, a million times. <laughs> And we all did. So I just took a line out of the trailer for each of you and put it on a shirt. For you, I did The Revolution Is Not Televised because you are a bit of a ranter. So I thought it would be perfect for you. A little bit. And then (laughs) for Karen, I said we are home because, well, because Denai said it. And because Karen always reminds me of like a warm hug, like hot cocoa, like an aunt that you just want to sit under. So I thought that was perfect for her. And then for Rod, I put, I've waited for this my whole life, which sounds like something Rod would say. You know what I mean? Like he just gets super. (laughs) So (laughs) that's why I did that. But 
Um, as far as the Black History shirts, yeah, see, that was another, um, really wasn't me. Um, I had made a shirt. I made a shirt with, it was um, lips, and it's red on the top and green on the bottom. And then they have Africa on the side of the lip. It's a super dope shirt. But I had made this shirt, and a friend of mine was over, and he was like, oh, my God, that's so dope. Let me take a picture of it. I'm going to see if people are interested in it. And I was like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, okay. And then he comes back and it's like, I don't know, a bunch of people like, oh, my God, I want that shirt. It's so savage, whatever. <laughs> I was like, all right, well, all right, Toya, you're going to have to start taking leaps. So instead of making it about selling shirts, it was more about a project. So every day of the month for Black History, I'm putting up a shirt about my, and it's really going to be based on my mood. So um, I put the Africa shirt up. Then the other shirt I put up was more like a I'm sick of you white people shirt. It was um, something along the lines of. Um, I think it's the We March one, right? It's the, it's the, well, it's not so much about marching as it is about the way people react to us uh, marching. No, I was, I was going to, I was going to say, because I have, I have, I have your Instagram up, so I'm just, I'm just going to read it off for people. That's what I was going to okay. Want me to do it? Oh, Let's yeah. It. It, go ahead. Yeah, it's the we march, y'all mad. We sit down, y'all mad. We kneel, y'all mad. We speak up, y'all mad. We die, silence. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's how I felt that day. And then the next day, I did a Melanin Poppin shirt. Today, I'm doing a funny Oprah shirt, and I'm doing a Boss shirt because I got to catch up. I'm behind in a month. But um, it was really like my way of, you know, kind of expressing how I feel and also um, having some fun with some shirts and yeah and that's been successful too so i really need to learn to put myself out there you really do so gotta, so gotta, first question are you selling these shirts yes i've sold a few of them already yes. okay okay i'm just making sure so you need to make <laughs> like so how are you, are you doing are you just doing it like people come to you and, and say they want one you do it or do you actually have like like a shopify store or something like that no, man, it was never intended like that. No, I don't have a store. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna talk but after this. Do sell them, yes. We're, we're gonna we're gonna talk after this because I'm because I'm telling you, I'm just saying I see potential in you and I see you doing some really good things and I really think that I might have to like I feel like I I feel like I got to be that person to like nudge you into doing certain things and be like, ain't ain't a hey, listen, ma'am, you could actually make some good money on doing this if you just. We just we just help you a little bit, so we're gonna you know we're gonna help no because honestly and I told you this when um when we had that call like I I <laughs> I gotta tell you guys I called I called Latoya and I was like super excited <laughs> and she was just like what are you excited for I'm like no because like you have this business there's like so much we could do with this we could like you know you could do the, you could do the, the you get the podcast but then you can promote your business and you can do this you can do that and you can do this like I didn't even think about anything I'm like no no that's what I'm saying you could do all this stuff and I was like really really excited. <laughs> You were. Help you, but no, I, and I and I and I think that, and that's one of the things I wanna, I wanna get into, and it's, it's one of the reasons why I have the network. It's like you know, I I'm really appreciative of everything that everybody did to step up and help grow the MTR network, and whether and whether that, you know, being a fan to being like you, who came in at first and just wanted to do some small shows. It was like it was. A, I mean, first of all, you're doing a premium show for me, so that's already amazing. But then you've wanted to do these other shows as well. I know you're doing another one with um, with with, with Phenom that, that comes out. Did you guys ever record a second one? I think you guys. We did. 
did. We did. Yeah, I got to get that. You know, so so here's the thing. So the other thing too about Latoya, she'll record things and then she'll forget to send them to me. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah I don't get them up. But it's like, but like you, so you do all this stuff, and I really think that the you know, you know, we're still a growing uh, thing. So it's like I have employees, I'm giving, they're shelling out money because we have all these expenses ourselves. But I still want to be able to provide value to those who help me grow what I'm doing. And if one of those things is helping you grow your business and I see a lot of potential in what you're doing, like, you know, I, you know, I'm very, very grateful. Like, you know, people know this. We just put our Wakanda forever shirts up in, um, in our store in the MTR network store. And that was one of the early designs that, you know, the, our entire store outside of the mug is thanks to Jamie and zoo designs. Like Jamie went out he did all the designs for me for free. Didn't want money. Didn't ask for anything. And so anytime I can promote him, like uh, I, he's got some more, even better designs on his own store. That I, I'm definitely going to put the link out there so you guys can go find that and, and get those things there. He has the, the NegroCon like posters he had put up that he sold at NegroCon and stuff like that. Like I was like, yo, anytime I can get him something and, and, and promote him for something, I do it because he did all this stuff for me. And then for the Wakanda Forever shirt, it's supposed to say Wakanda, please. But I was getting ready to put it up, and I was like, man, if we could change that please to forever since, you know, Denai says it in the movie, that would actually be kind of hot, right? So I hit him up, and I was like, hey, how hard would it be for you to change that, change the word, to change from please to forever? And he was like, oh, no problem, man. And he's dealing with a sick a sick kid, a sick wife at the time, because there's a flu going around that's fucking just slaying people right now. And he still got it. He still made the change for me, sent it to me, and I put it up on our store, and I've been able to sell it. And, like, I am so grateful for that kind of help from people who don't ask for anything in return. They never ask for anything. Like, he didn't even ask me for a ticket to uh, uh, to um, <laughs> to the Black Panther viewing. You know, it's like he didn't ask anything for it. And the same thing with you. It's like you... You were sitting there doing, you were going to do this show. You're doing a premium show. You do docu-drunks, which people love. You're doing secret sauce, which again, people love. And you, it, it's allowing, you know, you to bring, you know, black women a voice in our network and things like that. And here you are, you have a business, basically technically kind of two, and you're baking in your shirts and you weren't even going to say anything to promote it, you know. And it's just like, oh, no, no, we got to change that. We got to make sure that we get you out. And we put just as much time into that. And because um, I want you guys to know that I, I'm really, really grateful for what, you know, you do on the network. And, um, and that includes, you know, building that, using the podcast of, you know, build your brand and build your businesses and things like that. So, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely be talking more and uh, getting more of your stuff um, out there. Because, uh, like I said, the shirts are dope. Like I said, it's the Africa shirt with the lips. Oh, that's just, it's dope. <laughs> you know, and that's definitely something I think that. If you put it out there, more more people would buy, and um, yeah, well, I'll, I'll help you with that. Well, well, I, I I can see now that I have to have to gently <laughs> nudge you uh, into getting your stuff together. So this episode is sponsored by the good folks over at TweakedAudio.com. Tweaked Audio has been a great partner to the MTR Network over the years, and they have a great product. If you listen to this show, then clearly you use headphones, unless you're one of those assholes on public transportation blasting music over a speakerphone. Don't be that person. Pick up a pair of earbuds or headphones from Tweaked Audio. They have over-the-ear headphones as well as various types of earbuds in different colors. 
And now they have a great pair of affordable Bluetooth earbuds that are perfect for working out and listening to us, your favorite podcast. At checkout, put the code REVIEWS in to get 30% off, free shipping, and free lifetime warranty. So check out tweakedaudio.com. Help yourself with a new pair of headphones and help us out as well. Now, back to the show. Anyway, you ready to talk about some more stuff on the show? Yeah, let's go. All right. So everybody knows uh, we're coming up on the first week of uh, Black Panther comes out. I can't, I, I'm not sure if there's any viewings on Wednesday, but I know they're definitely on Thursday. So Black Panther drops on Thursday. Uh, the premiere has already been out, and so the reviews are already up. And it's basically... I'm not even going to address the one quote-unquote negative review that's up right now. Because um, when I saw it on Rotten Tomatoes, it was still a 3 out of 5. And so that technically shouldn't be rotten to me. I think it just goes to the whole idea that Rotten Tomatoes score system is just fucking broken. So anyway, it's overwhelmingly people are saying... Marvel's best movie, stuff like that. So it's gonna be great. Um, and I know you said what? I can't wait. I know uh, it's it's gonna be great. I can't wait. Um, the one thing I can do without though are all the um, why can't why can't as, uh, we as black people why can't we just be able to enjoy a movie? Why do we have to jump? Why is it we always have to we're always given these extra hurdles we have to jump over to enjoy something. It, it's fucking driving me crazy. I saw this post um, from Dr. Boyce Watkins. Uh, he started to try to put a caveat in there that he's still going to see the movie and enjoy it. But he says, black folks will give $200 million to Disney to see the Black Panther. Sadly, we're never given that much money to ourselves. Nigga, please. Are you serious? <sighs> I, you know what? I was already rolling my eyes when you said doctor. Right, 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 uh, right. It's what? 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 What drives me crazy about this is first, the fact that you never see this about black people going to see like in, when Infinity War comes out. You're not going to see all this 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 talk about oh well, black people will spend all this money on a movie, but you guys will no, there won't won't be any of that. When it's a white movie, no, nobody cares. Like you know. No, black people, we go to see every other movie. Nope, doesn't care. When we saw Thor Ragnarok, nope, nobody, nope, nobody said anything. But when it becomes a movie like this, like, it's, it's infuriating because it's like, why can't we be allowed to enjoy something like every other, like everybody else? You know? I'd say it's the simpletons that want to be more than a simpleton. Because you could have just went to the movie. No one asked you for your opinion on this. It's always like a small population. Oh, yeah. Always. And it's not just black men. It is some black women that do this oh, yeah. dumb stuff, too. But it's really a lot of black men that, like, it's more on the whole tepish stuff. It's more like on the black men's side. Mm-hmm. To me, especially when it comes to this movie, at least from what I've seen. Because I saw that. And then I also saw somebody on some, well, what if uh, Marvel gave 25%? Oh, that's the, the petition going around. Yeah, give 25% back to black <laughs> What to the black community? Where they do that at? Never mind. Never mind the fact that I saw somebody say it's like they put like eight million or something like that into Atlanta because that's where they were filming the movie at to begin with. You know, so yeah. Just enjoy the movie, guys. Well, 
what, there's a couple things that, that interested me about this. One, it, beyond it just being fucking stupid. Uh, one, there is before the movie was even announced, there was the the, the argument. It's it's a constantly moving goalpost, right? Because at first it was, well, Marvel won't have the guts to do a, a movie featuring Black Panther. For years, that's what the talk was. Even though, like in Iron Man 2, you saw the map that had Wakanda on it, right? And they were kind of hinting at say, hey, listen, we were going to do this. And, the, and if you know the history of Marvel Studios, one of the films they were originally financed for was Black Panther. So they were going to always do this fucking film, right? But that was the first argument, right? Then when it got announced, it was, yeah, yeah, but they'll water it down. They'll, they'll whitewash it. Now it's got the black cast. It's like, well, now no one, you know, uh, no one will support it because they won't promote it. So then they promote it. So now we're down to the idea of, well, you know, you guys are gonna, you guys are all excited about this film, and you guys are putting too much black hope and black revolutionary on this. It's still owned by a white. Co- it's like, stop it! You've literally moved the goalposts every single time, like. Now it's because Disney is white owned. It's a pro- like, hey, Black Panther's created by a white guy. <laughs> it was created by a white guy, and he still did something amazing. Right? Like, why? Why are we doing all this? Like, and, and then the second thing that drives me crazy about this is, and you know, you as being a black business owner, I think you can, and, and, and hearing your story and what motivated you to create a business, I think it will resonate. It kind of it, it, it resonates with you. It resonates with me as being a black business owner as well. The all black cast being in this movie, as well as having a black director and black people behind the cameras, black costume designers, and all these things, that is a come up for them. That oh, it's and, for all of us, right? Because then they'll 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 then use that to then pull other people up, like um you know. I, I want to say uh, I was told that uh, uh, um, Michael B. Jordan has his own production company. So people go, well, why can't we make our own production? Well, uh, actually, Michael B. Jordan does. And him being in this film, it's going to give him more leverage to do something else. Uh, the next film that, that Ryan Coogler does is being done with Brian, uh, uh, with Michael B. Jordan. And it has Ta-Nehisi Coates as a director, uh, as a writer on it. Like, it's like, it's, it's all part of the thing there. Like, I, I've made this argument that, and I don't have facts on this one, so I'll be the first one to admit that maybe I'm making things up, but I'm the first one to admit that I believe that Ryan Cooler got this job and got on the radar of Marvel Studios because of Ava. She was the first one they went to for the film. She turned them down. I think that she wanted, you know, a wrinkle in time more. Mm-hmm. She probably suggested to them. Hey, because because what never got what what got me is Marvel always goes for for you know smaller name directors. Ryan Coogler got this after only two films. His first film was Fruitville Station, and then Creed. And both of them are great films, but again, that's not a name when you were when people were throwing around names for directors. His name wasn't out there, but he's yeah. really close. But Ava's really close with him, and he like that, that is like Ava loves that that dude, and they're really close. And someone tells me that she said that immediately after that, Brian, uh, Michael B. Jordan gets into the film. It gets, gets, gets cast into the film. Tessa Thompson, who was also starring in the last, um, uh, uh, Ryan Coogler film with Mike, uh, with, uh, what I keep wanting to say, Brian, <laughs> with Michael B. Jordan, 
uh, gets cast in the Thor Ragnarok. It's like it seems to me like everybody that is a, that that has like one or two degrees of separation from Ryan Googler got brought up with him, and they're all black. So why would you somehow think that this isn't going to have the same effect when you have a almost all black cast and all these people are going to be able to rise up and be able to go off and do their own little things, their own little projects, touch their own little companies, their, you know, production companies, their studios and things like that. Like you want black people to do this stuff, but yet and still you don't want us to like, it's just so stupid to me. Yeah, I definitely need to do an Ava shirt. Thank you for reminding me. But <laughs> um, Ryan Coogler did some fantastic films. I mean, Fruitville Station. I can't even watch that more than once because it hit me so hard. And um, I still haven't watched the, it. Hmm? I, still, I still haven't watched it. What? No, I refuse. I, cause I, look, I'm not saying it's not a good, oh, I know it's a good film. The whole story will make you angry. Yeah, I was just like, nope. I, I knew yeah. it was good. And and people said it was good. I was like, yeah. thank you very much. I can't do it. And I, I have never watched Fruitvale Station because I can't. <laughs> I just can't. It's so. a, it's not an easy one to watch, especially since you know the ending. Uh, not an easy one to watch, but he did a great job with that. And he did an even better job with the second movie that he did. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that what Ava does is what she does in the background that we never know about. We hint at it. We think we know. But what she's doing for black people in the background is phenomenal. All the people that she's brought up with her, all the people she brings along with her, there's nobody else that's doing it like she's doing it. And I love it. She's, she's yeah. From afar. She's literally the definition of everybody eats. Like if you know that woman and she has ever had a conversation with you or dealt with you, like she will find a way somehow to make sure you get uplifted. I mean, like you said, like you look at her projects like Queen Sugar and beyond just that, like she's done like she's done TV, she's done TV commercials with black women. It's like it is it is it is an amazing thing she's done. And it's like it's never just about her. It's about making sure she lifts up everybody. And and to be fair, it's not just black women. Like she does it with all women, women of all colors, you know? Yeah. And and spotlights them and it's like it's it's the true definition of 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 feminism and being intersectional and and making sure that you know you are you are about that life and I I don't yeah it's it's she's truly an amazing person yeah truly amazing but um yeah it's, it's just one of the things like I'm just I'm tired of people making these all these hurdles for us to jump over oh, it's just a movie you guys are putting too much on it it's like no. But you know what, Chris? I think it's a lack of hope, right? That's what I think it is. Because mm. we've been we've been beat down for so long. We get things snatched from underneath the, underneath our feet for so long that the idea that there is a movie for us, by us, with us, is a concept that we some people just cannot grasp yet. And until they see it for themselves, until they see what it does in the in the box office, until they see that it's made some changes in the movie industry and in the, um, you know, as an actor, as a, a director, until they see that type of change, I think it's going to always be people like that. No, you, you know what? And you're absolutely right. And, and it's, I'm going to say this and I don't mean it 
as negative as it, it, it's always said. But there is a victim mentality of a lot of people, a lot of black people. And I, I know it makes sense in my, I'm being negative, but it's a victim mentality because, well, shit, you know, we've been through a fucking lot. And mm-hmm. whenever I see, like, when I was going through, like, I get really angry at the Boyce Watkins of the world because they know better. Like, yeah. Boyce, he knows fucking better. He knows that what he's spewing out there is bullshit. And he knows that what these other people are doing in this film and the amount of people they're bringing up and why he knows why it's different, but that's not his audience, his audience. He knows his audience. And if he says this, it'll feed into their beliefs and keep them down there. Cause when I'm going through this, the comments and looking at what people were saying, I'm like, Oh, these people don't know. They don't yeah. know. They don't know that Ryan Coogler brought a bunch of these people up with him. They don't know that who is Carter did the, uh, the costume designs. They don't know that Michael B. Jordan has his own production company. They don't know that Ryan Coogler's next film is already, you know, starring a black cast and has black writers and all. They don't know any of this shit. So they're saying things like, and they're, it, it almost feels like these people are dealing with a, a mentality from decades ago because they haven't been taught. And they, and you're right because we don't see enough of it. There's no evidence of it. So on the surface, it's like, oh, well, it didn't happen. It's, it's, it's not real. And it's it just, it's, it's, it, it's sad to me because I want them to understand. I'm like, no, you guys are wrong here. Like, yeah, it's a white company. Yeah, it's Disney. Okay, yeah, but that, that white company, Disney, is giving these people money, which they are then putting back into, you know, the black community. You know, like, yeah. there was a, you know, Rod's been posting his, uh, his hot takes, uh, his unreasonable hot takes from uh, Black Panther hot takes people have been putting out. There's one about, you know, bootlegging the movie and having it sponsored by black businesses. And I was like, first of all, that's a good way to have black businesses sued. So I don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. Second, like the whole thought process behind the thing was that all these theaters are white. And I'm like, there are black theater owned theaters out there. You know, they're like, like, stimulating the economy and putting things like there, there are certain things that definitely go into that beyond just, it needs to be a black person. Like it's, it's, it's so annoying. I, I, I responded back to Boyce Watkins post and was like, you know, instead of talking about and beating down black people for not supporting their own, which is the biggest fucking lie to begin with. First of all, I can just say that, you know, as a black business owner, I can tell you that the majority of the people that, that support us and have gotten us where we are right now, are other black people. So, mm-hmm. and I know that that's the story of every black business. Every black business survives because of the black community. You know, it's not usually white people knocking down our fucking doors, unfortunately. It should be, but it's not. But that goes to what I was said to Boyce Watkins. I was like, maybe if you spend more time chastising the white people that go to this movie, but won't step foot into a black business, chastise them. Don't chastise your own people. We're doing the work. We're supporting each other. We're not getting support outside of our community. That's the problem. That's always been the problem. You know? Yeah, until until he, like, he knows his audience. So he's feeding his audience. And until there's not an audience for that, people like that are always going to be able to come up off of this shit. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's unfortunate because, you know, the idea of, first of all, I, I never understood the concept of a bootleg movie. I saw a bootleg movie once, and I was mad. 
So you have me sitting down watch this movie, and there's literally somebody going, excuse me, pardon me, <laughs> in front of the camera. No, I'm good. I want to see the movie either in the theater or give me a good copy of it. I don't want to watch a bootleg copy. It's not worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, and certainly not for a movie that we've been waiting on for years that reflects all of our skin tones, you know, the way we talk, the way we laugh, the, the things we do. To, why would you do that? Especially because on the scale that it is, come on, just celebrate with the rest of us. Come in there with your uh, fake furs and your dashikis <laughs> and your head wraps and join the rest of us while we party. Let's just do that as a group, man. That's it. You know, the funny thing about all these people that, 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 that have done said this bullshit, all of them, they always follow it with, I mean, but I'm going to see the movie, though. See? Then, well, fuck you. Then, then nigga, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck <laughs> up! Shut up! Please. Like, cause that was the first thing Boy says in his art. He's like, "Well, I'm not saying I'm not excited to see it. I'm not saying I'm not going to see it. I'm like, then nigga didn't shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, like, what? What is? What is this? What, what are you? What are we even talking about then? Why are you? Why are you putting another burden on us? Burden on us to do this? I, I, I fucking hate that shit. Um, you know the shit I hate. I was having um, uh, <laughs> there was a Facebook post. Somebody, um, I want to say Derek posted this on, on Facebook, and it was, uh, it, it should have been something so fucking simple, right? And and I didn't, I didn't think it was, I didn't think it would turn into. I think I want to say there's like a hundred comments on this on this article now. I was forty, only I was only forty six. Um, so there was this image, this little meme that says, "Can I say the N word?" A flow chart. And it says, which describes you the closest? It's like white, a person of color, but not black. And it all, it's all of the flowchart ends up into some kind of nope, never, you know? <laughs> and that was it. And uh, the first comment on, like, one of the first comments on the article is basically from white dude, basically trying to explain why um, he, he should be allowed to say the N-word in songs if you listen to the songs and things like that. And, like... I've stopped arguing with, I've, I've stopped trying to explain this to white people because I, I, because here's what I've realized. And I realized about, about this, about this entire like thread here and, and walk. And I know something I was, I sat back for a little bit and I was, I was looking at other people say, say, you know, trying to explain it to him and, and talk to him. And I noticed it when I came in, I was like, I know this guy isn't, he, he, this is only real. This is only like his online fan fiction, him saying that he'll say it. If he wants to in a song, and there's some guy who considers himself an ally. He's anti-Trump. He's white. He's a liberal, if you will. I'm putting that in quotes. Um, but and he says, "I'm an ally. I'm on your side." Blah blah blah. But I should be allowed to say it, you know, because if it's in a song, then I'm just quoting the song and blah 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 blah. And I just asked one simple question. I was like, "Then why, in the entire time you're talking about this, have you not actually said, written out nigger or nigga? You've either said the word." Or the N word, you haven't actually written it out, so you know better than to write it here in these Facebook messages about how about it you are, about how you're gonna say it, but you won't actually write it out, because mm. like you know you're not gonna say that shit. And so I no longer, I've said this before, we no, I no longer argue with these these white people about this, but it got me thinking I, about. I just punched you in the face. Yeah, I was not like, with you about that. Hey, here's the thing, maybe it's not me. Maybe somebody else. But here's yeah. the thing. And and, and and this is the thing. It's, it's like the, the dirty, hairy thing. It's like, do you feel lucky? Do you feel lucky that the black people you're around are not going to whoop your ass if you say it? 
That's the only question you have to ask. Because, hey, maybe I don't. Maybe maybe I'm not in a good mood. Maybe I'm in a good mood, and then I'm just like, you know what? I'm not dealing with this shit today. I don't want to be arrested. I don't want to deal with that cops. I don't want to deal with any of this shit. I'm not going to do it. But you might come across a black person who's had a really shitty day. Mm-hmm. And who's they smack- about it. Okay. Here's the thing. I have never seen a black person actually arrested for beating the shit out of a white person for saying the N-word. I actually haven't. Maybe it's happened, but I've never seen it. Like, in all those videos I've seen, I've never heard the follow-up going, oh, well, that white person was... It. No, nope. It was just like, the cops would be like, hey, hey, maybe you should have kept your mouth, mouth shut. Maybe, maybe, you maybe there's a law. Yeah, maybe there's a law. So, and that's my thing. To, I'm like, oh, because he was like, oh, I'll do it. I was like, hey, you know what? Then do it, dude. Mm-hmm. Take a video of yourself singing it, put it up on Facebook, and let's see what happens. He was like, oh, because you guys are in the minority. You know, not everybody thinks like you do. You guys are making a decision for all the black community. I was like, oh, okay, fine. Hey, you got it, dude. Do you say it, say it proud, go ahead and sing nigga and let me know how that goes. You know, I'll be honest. I've never heard a black person ever say that they're okay with the white person saying nigga. Now, the most I've ever heard them say is, well, y'all shouldn't say it if you don't want them to say it. But I've never in my life seen a black person say, nah, it's okay. Go they're, ahead and say it, Johnny. I've never, never seen that. Y- the so, y- younger kids. The young, the younger, the younger generations, the younger really kids. say uh, that it's okay. If that, if they're, if they're kids that grew up around mostly white people, yes. If they're this little snowflake, the, if they're the black friend of the the white people group, yes. They 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 thought that way, and that's where these white kids think they can they can get it from. Because you got to remember, these white kids who think this way haven't hung around a bunch of black people. Because it's weird, right? Because the the white people that do hang around black people. They know better than to say it, actually. <laughs> they actually do. They were like, mm, yeah, that's actually might get my ass whooped. Um, but the black people who are like the special, uh, special snowflake black people, they're the ones who, who allow people to do this. And they give their white friends, they're giving their white friends really, really bad advice. But even but see, then, you know what, though? I grew up in Alaska. It don't get whiter than that. Mm-hmm. It don't get whiter than that. Well, you also and, have sense. You have sense. Mm-hmm. You have sense. Yeah, well, and and I wish a motherfucker would. <laughs> and that was when I was like, I don't know, like ten, like nah. Um, and I grew up around white people. I've lived, honestly, I had to learn how to be around black people more than I had learned to be around white people when I came to like Atlanta. But nah, I just can't imagine there would ever be a situation where I would sit there and let somebody say that who was not of my melanin skin tone mm-hmm. I just, uh, nah man I hope that that's not true I hope you're wrong about this Chris Mm-mm. I hope you're wrong oh, I'm wrong about what about the younger generation letting no. oh yeah, no, no 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 I've seen it I've seen it oh, uh. but, but other thing too I, I'll say about this though it's um I also think it's like online too so again again Oh, okay, so they're feeling strong and in, in, well, on their computer. Well, it's just like this dude. Like, I'm like, you're feeling this boldness because it's online, and nobody yeah. can. You think nobody can reach out and touch you? But see, I've had this conversation with with these white moderate slash white liberals online before, and what I found out very quickly because I found out with this dude the same way is once you tell them, it's like, all right, dude, but if I see you, because I could see you because we have we have these like. You know, Facebook usually when when you, when you get these white people commenting on these 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 things, it's usually because they have a connection to somebody you're you're friends with already. So I'm like, mm-hmm. hey, dude, we could end up in the same space at some point. 
I can actually see you. So if I can reach out and touch you one day, and that's when all of a sudden the demeanor changes. That's when all of a sudden, all of a sudden when they realize that it may not, it's not, it's not like Xbox Live anymore, where it's like when white kids feel emboldened to say nigger because there's nothing they can, they feel like there's nothing you can do about it. But it's like, hey, dude, you can be at an event and next thing you know, you turn around and I'm standing right behind you. Are you going to say it then? No, of course not. You're not going to. You're not going to. You're not. And, and, and so many times, that's what I found it is. It's not about me threatening violence. It's like, hey, you don't know what I want to do. Maybe I don't do anything. I just, I found it very often just saying that all of a sudden, they start realizing this like, well, I didn't mean it that way. Or mm, I'm not going to address it anymore. Because exactly what it is. So it's just, it's weird to me. But it got me saying this, and I put this on Facebook, that like, you know, looking at his, um, when he looked, excuse me, when he looked through his Facebook, and he calls himself a moderate. And I'm like, white moderates are going to be the death of us. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you know, MLK said it years ago. It's still fucking true. They're going to be the fucking death of us. Because to the white moderate, nothing is nothing is too far. There's always a both sides of them. There's always a, well, it's, you know, there's always the devil's advocate. And they make these ridiculous um false equivalencies and it's just it just drives me crazy and i'm like we'll never get ahead as long as white moderates continue to sit on the fence like they do yep it's just annoying um perfect example of this i was watching uh um msnbc i got two examples of this uh this morning i was watching msnbc it came up actually it wasn't msnbc i was flipping the channels cnn was on and it's uh michael smirconish's show and he was talking about how um, the parties of both parties are being hypocrites, right? And how you know the the Republicans, you know, claim to be deficit hawks, but then they've driven up the deficit and all this other stuff. And he got to the Democrats, and he was like, you know, Democrats, you know, raised bloody murder over, you know, when Obama was in office over the um, Republicans threatening to shut down the government over Obamacare. You know, and they t- they say that you shouldn't shut down the government over one issue, but then here they are; they're willing to shut down the government over one issue when it comes to dreamers. And I'm like, that right, that statement right there sums up the thought process of white moderates, because you seem to think that both of those things are the same. Exactly. The Republicans are going to shut down the government to keep people from getting better health care. It wasn't just about it being off of one issue. That one issue was stopping people from getting better health care. The Democrats were trying to shut down the government to keep kids who who came here, where the parents, who parents came here illegally, who keep these kids who have been here and been U.S. citizens who have done things with, to keep them from being deported. These are not equal things. They're not equal reasons here. The Republicans are doing it because they literally hate people they have no morals they have no empathy and they are terrible fucking people the the democrats were willing to shut down the government because they had fucking empathy and they wanted these people to have better rights those are not equal no they're not but the white moderate goes oh service level they're both trying to shut down the government and the Democrats have changed their mind. So, uh, per- another perfect example. I'm gonna I'm gonna play this clip. 
This is from, it's been a while, and I'm sorry. Sorry, I'm, I'm saying this now. That it had to be on this show that you had to hear his voice again. But um, Bill Maher we had a show last night. Damn it. We, the last one was on, we talked about Bill Maher, sir. Did we, did we, uh, you might be the Bill Maher host then. Sorry. I guess. You might be the Bill Maher host. But he, he's not the worst one in this clip. So he has, give us some setup. He was talk, they were talking about the Me Too movement. He brings on, I think, New York Times editor uh, and opinion writer, uh, Barry West, who's talked about, um, and she's one of several women who have defended uh, comedian uh, Aziz Ansari and, and has condemned his accuser last month. And she's arguing that Me Too may have started going too far. I'm going to play this clip so you can just hear how ridiculous uh, this shit is. The fight is really between factions of women. It's not between men and women arguing. Right. So obviously, the Me Too movement is long overdue, as we've seen today with Rob Porter and everyone else. But there's a real debate happening between the hard left and liberals. The hard left is basically saying, it's okay if a few innocent men go down with the ship, if that's what it means, if that's what it takes to bring down the patriarchy. They hate zero tolerance on the right when it comes to drug policy, but they love zero tolerance when it comes to sexual misconduct. If that isn't the dumbest fucking statement I've ever heard in my life. Let's Let's look at the facts. Zero tolerance when it comes to drug policy was a policy that was aimed most... It wasn't... Here's the thing. It wasn't zero tolerance for everybody who was on drugs. It was zero tolerance aimed at poor and black communities, black and brown communities. It was it was a racist policy that was used to put black and more more black and brown people in jail. It was used by people of privilege against people that didn't have privilege, the underprivileged. You know, that's what that zero tolerance drug policy is. Zero tolerance with the Me Too movement and and sexual harassment is taking giving power to the underprivileged, which are women, and taking it away from the privileged, which are men. Yes, if a couple of innocent men get dragged through the mud in this, it's okay at this point. I'm sorry, it is. I know nobody wants to say that, but it is because um, the 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 opposite of that, which we have seen, is a bunch of victims don't get their voices heard. Okay. So, yeah, it's right. it's different, and it's even more annoying that that was a woman saying that. And she's only saying it because she likes she likes the person she's defending. Because I brought this other point too. It's like, what man has been innocently accused so far? Oh wait. What 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 man has been what man has been has been innocent? As far as I know, Aziz hasn't he hasn't been, he hasn't lost anything by the accusation. He's had a bunch of people defend him. He hasn't lost anything. So what are these innocent men that have been so negatively affected by the Me Too movement? I think it's it's the embarrassment. They think that embarrassment equals what it equals. That embarrassment weighs heavily instead of what it actually is doing to the people that are actually being abused. And embarrassment means nothing to me. Like Aziz is embarrassed right now. But he's not making any less money. He doesn't have any less defenders. He He's still out here. What, didn't he just win an award not too long ago? Like mm-hmm. Aziz is good. But it's the embarrassment. It's almost like when people say, when people are so upset about being called a racist, 
which is more important than actually racism. It's so stupid. Oh, People are dumb, man. Yeah, no, it's 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 completely ridiculous. I'm gonna see what else he says about in this stupid shit. Problem, because what it does is collapse all the categories. It means that Aziz Ansari is on a list next to Harvey Weinstein, and yeah. I don't think anyone with common sense and, thinks that that's reasonable. Uh, yeah, because like there are different degrees of sexual assault and sexual harassment and rape. It's like what, what the uh, are we saying? Like, come on, like what, what are we are we are we serious right now? There's, there's, there, there's not a, is, this is not a binary choice. It's not a, either you're a Harvey Weinstein or you're just an innocent good old guy. No, there is definitely a range fucking here. What, who is this person? This is ridiculous. Right, but. And the fact that they got to clap at this, this fucking smack. It's right. It's, it's fucking disgusting. Meantime, I, I, the liberals, I, and yeah. I think he, the liberals, and we count, I think you and I count ourselves among them. Right. We want to see a change in society. We believe this is overdue. We Correct. share those same goals. But I think personally that the way to get there and the way to make this a mainstream sustainable movement is to stick to things, I don't know, like due process, like innocent right. until proven guilty. Yes. No. You know what? Oh, fuck her. Fuck her. Yeah. Fuck you, man. Until it's you. Oh, girl, bye. What, 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 I, what I hate about this so much is this idea of due process and stuff like that. Um, due process is what failed these women for all these years to begin with. And so, and, and, and this is a cl classic tactic that I'm seeing from one white moderates and also those on the right, which is you ignore the systemic way that the system has been used to attack the underprivileged and it, to give the privilege the, the the cover. And then when it's exposed, you want everything to be, to be the same again. It's like the people, it's like the white people that complain about affirmative action going, well, you guys want everybody to be the same then. It's like, yeah, but you need to, you, you got a lot of time, you got, you got a lot of time to make up. Like you got to balance the scale first. You have to deal with the 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 fact here. Like I feel like these these defenders of people like Aziz and stuff like that, they want to skip over all the bad behavior and get right to the kumbaya where we're all like, oh, and now we have a new thing in place and this is what go. No, that's not how that works. There's a lot of gray area where a lot of us men have operated in, mm -hmm. and we were wrong, and we have to deal with that. We have to face that consequence. And it's it's ridiculous to see, you know, these liberals. And, and by the way, like I hate the, the the I hate the the labels of liberals and stuff like that, especially with this. Because one, I do not consider Bill Maher a liberal. If you've seen any of his views on our uh, race and other things, he's a fucking bigot. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I wouldn't. I mean, if you're gonna call yourself a liberal, that's fine. I wouldn't call yourself a Bill Maher liberal though, because that's not shouldn't be desirable. So, just throwing it out there. I don't think, I don't think a talking? politics. I don't think a politics that basically says this category of person, men, is toxic and tainted, is a good kind of politics. We see uh, where that ends up. And what about men just shut up? Because oh, that, Matt Damon. Well, everybody, not right. just him, but any, any, nobody, no men spoke at the Golden Globe. Right. You know, men, men, and when a man does say the wrong thing, and Matt Damon, by the way, did not say the wrong thing. No, he said the he most said, anodyne thing in the exactly. world. Exactly. And then he said, after he said what he said, which he is apologized. rape is, 
apologized and said, I should just shut up. Yeah. This is what I'm asking. This is not going to help because, you know, he after he said what he said. Fuck both of these people. Oh, my God. I'm over here, like, trembling. I'm so angry. Fuck Are you fucking them. serious? Fuck both Number of them. one, men need to speak because it's something that men have created. It's not for us to fix this. It's for men to fix this. So men need to talk. And certainly don't tell me that Matt Damon was right. Oh, fuck off. <sighs> it, it is infuriating. It is mm-hmm. absolutely. I, I can only, and I'm saying this as a man. I can only imagine what it's like as a woman, a black woman at that, to hear this stuff, to hear a white woman and a white man say this kind of bullshit. And it is so fucking tone deaf, you know? And it's it's not lost on me that Bill Maher would bring on this white woman to defend this point because that's what Bill Maher does all the fucking time. And it's bullshit. Like, they're not making any good points. Their point is basically like, we're creating, we're basically creating, we're making it hard for men. Which, okay, men have made it hard for women for hundreds of years. So now men have to deal with an ounce of discomfort it's like when white people get mad when uh black people finally get ahead on something and the others like oh that's reverse racism like so for hundreds of years you all were able to live without any competition from black and brown people any real competition from black and brown people the minute that the playing field gets slightly like leveled and by leveled it means we stop you from being able to do more and we give black people a gentle push, a, a push up that doesn't make it level to you, but just gives them a little bit more. You then scream unfair, unfair, unfair. But the, the system is so unfair. Like I said, no man. Um, the uh, We read last week the... the um, Uma Thurman's uh, article about uh, Quentin Tarantino. Mm-hmm. As far as I know, mm, Quentin Tarantino is still going to be operating in Hollywood. Not Nothing. only that, but Quentin Tarantino came out with like two articles to rebuff what she said. Like, no one needs to cape for any of these white men. They're okay, guys. Hey, hey, guys, they're okay. They'll be just fine. Matt Damon. Give him a couple of weeks. He'll say something else stupid. He's fine. He was just in. He was just in. Um, fucking Thor Ragnarok. I mean, like, like this stuff does not stop these men. Like, you know, Casey Affleck won an Oscar. Like, I'm waiting for someone to who has this 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 big problem with the idea that maybe men, an innocent man, might show me the innocent man. Well, or that men are having a harder time. You know, um, I know people are talking about, uh, what is that guy's, uh, why is his name escaping me? James Franco, how he didn't get an Oscar nom mm-hmm. because of all this stuff. And I'm like, uh, that's a bit of a stretch, guys. Like, you don't even know if he was going to get an Oscar nomination. He shouldn't have got an Oscar nom anyway. I've See? seen I've seen all the movies. No, he didn't deserve an Oscar nomination for Disaster Artist. Come on. He did. It's fucking bullshit. You know, and, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. Let's say. He didn't. Let's say he didn't get the Oscar nomination because of the allegations. Is that really such a bad thing? Is right. it really such a bad thing? 
Like, cause here, cause here, cause when people say that and they're going, oh, and they're talking about all the, the the hardship that these men face, and they might lose their jobs, and they might go bankrupt, and stuff like none of the men have gone bankrupt. First of all, there's that. But um, read that article, and it wasn't the you know Maureen Dowd is not the greatest writer, but still read the article about that what Uma says, and literally the trauma she went through afterwards and then ask yourself why you never really saw Uma Thurman in a lot of fucking movies after Kill Bill and then tell me you should give a shit if James Franco didn't get an Oscar nomination like James Franco doesn't get yeah he doesn't get an Oscar nomination women get decades of trauma in which they might not work again in which she literally says some along the lines of she had to learn she had to relearn how to trust people these women yep. get black blacklisted. They don't get jobs. They can't work. And you're fucking upset because a man didn't get an Oscar nomination and is going to continue to fucking work in Hollywood. Like, it, it's not even close to being the same. No. In this whole Me Too moment has me thinking about all the women that I used to watch back in the day. What happened to them? You got your, uh, you know, your Mira Savinas, your um, Marissa Tomei's, you your Uma Thurman's like this really has me thinking about all these women that have just fallen off mm-hmm. that were super popular, that were in great movies. You know, we've been waiting for a kill bill to come back for how long? Right. Now you see why, now you see why, now, it, you, see now, why? now, you, now you see why that movie might not have ever happened because well, right. shit, you know, like, like you, like you say, you, you think about, and these are just the white women, right? Cause you start going to black women. You're like, Oh my God. Oh my god! Right, right. Like, how come you know? And but but and, and then you got to think about this because like I've seen, and, and people then use a, a woman not working and not getting a big enough job or not realizing that she's been blacklisted by the power power brokers in Hollywood men, right? And then you, and then she didn't get the job, and then you wonder well, where how you know she's not working anymore. She doesn't do anything. She she can't get any good movies. Well, shit. Um, a lot of people don't realize this, and, and we're gonna do a um. <laughs> I haven't. I haven't even talked to. Like I talked. Talk, I, I announced this on Twitter, and then Deepon was like, you, "You're not even going to talk to me about this before you announce this." We're gonna. <laughs> I still haven't talked to him about it yet. We're gonna do a character corner on the MCU and basically like how the MCU came about, because it's gonna be ten years, and we're like, it, it, it's it's just a great story. But and one of the things I think people don't, don't remember is how untouchable Robert Downey Jr. was at that point, and I don't mean that in a good way. I mean like. People didn't want him in their films. Oh they, yeah, they, he was. Um, what was the last movie he did that I remember? Less than zero was it? it he had also done um, the Fugitive as well. I always remember in the Fugitive. Oh yeah, I always but remember he that. Was one. Gone for a while. Well, yeah, because of the drugs. You know, no one would touch him. Yeah, because of drugs. Well, not only could they, would they touch him in the film, he was uninsurable. Yeah, I for, I forget who it was, but somebody else had to pay his insurance fees so he could fucking work. Like okay. So, but I want you to think about that. Think about what happened with that. When Robert Downey Jr., you know, still got a second chance. He had people come out there, go to bat for him, take a chance on him, and then look look at him now. He's now demanding you know, all this fucking money in Hollywood. He's, you know, got 10 years of the MCU. He, I mean, and, and this is not me shitting on Robert Downey Jr. It's like, yo, he, I think the MCU saves his fucking life, to be perfectly honest with you. All right? I think he would probably say the same thing. Now, think about that and imagine... If he had been a woman. Yeah. Imagine if he had been a woman. 
Imagine if you had been a woman. Wouldn't have happened. a younger, newer model. Yeah. Wouldn't have Instead happened. of going to him, who was, he's a hell of an actor. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine Iron Man as anyone else. But yeah. if it was a woman, they would have went to a younger, fresher model. Yeah, they would have replaced him in a heartbeat. You know, mm-hmm. and and or not even not even not even getting him the chance. Forget it, replace wouldn't have even wouldn't even looked at looked his way, and you know, and I think that's the piece that is missing from these discussions with Bill Maher and stuff like that. It's like you are so worried about you know these fictional innocent men who nobody can name. Because at, at this point, nobody has actually proven that Aziz was falsely accused to begin with. So that's there's that too. There's already this, so so already off the back, you're already saying that you don't believe the woman. So that's right. already a fucking problem. Um, Aziz hasn't lost anything, but you're 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 so ready to argue the fictional scenario of a man losing it all versus dealing with the fact that we have concrete evidence that women have lost it all. Like, what the fuck? It's not even... It's infuriating. It, it drives me... Like, I watched it this morning, and I, I got so fucking mad. Because it just... And it goes back to me. It's like, yo, moderates. The white moderate will be the death of us all. Because that's what this is. This is white moderate shit. You know? It's the white moderates who are, are writing these articles about, well, you know, these Trump voters, you know, they voted for... You know, the, the I voted for Obama, but then I somehow switched over to voting for Trump. How the fuck did that happen? What the fuck were you thinking? What the, uh, that doesn't make any fucking sense. Like, what are we doing? You know, it's just. We're never going to we're never going to make it if, as long as white moderates keep sitting on the fucking fence. You know, it's time. To, you know, you, you, you got to pick a fucking side, you know. Last thing, and then we'll get into a white moment of privilege. White, ah, white moment of privilege, and we'll get out of here. Um, but this kind of goes hand in hand with this this thing. There's a terrifying British study shows Trump supporters are now basically unreachable. Yeah, uh, and no, that's not news. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's if you not, can it, still it, support this, you if you can still support. Did you see the picture of him where his wig flew off or yeah, his wig yeah, blew back? I did, yeah. If you could still support this dude with all the things that he said and done in the past year, then you're a lost cause. True, but it, it, it's worse than that. And this study is terrifying because it says, so right now we're in the midst of a very serious crisis. Truth and the rules of evidence are under attack by a radical government that thinks a little of lying and destroying evidence of its own uh, for its own nefarious purposes. Donald Trump and his administration rode to power through lying, and they're maintaining it by continuing to propagate the same myths they sold their gullible supporters. Immigrants are to blame for all of America's woes. Liberals are trying to destroy the country. Facts are subjective. Climate change is a hoax. Tax cuts solve everything. Lying doesn't matter, and on and on and on. An entire media ecosystem exists to perpetrate to per- per- perpetuate the lies told by the Trump administration, uh, the Trump and the, and the GOP. Outlets that don't meet the most basic standards of journalism. Fox News, Bright, uh, Breitbart, Newsmax, Town Hall, and a host of other propaganda sites have made it their mission to destroy the truth, ignore reality, and feed their audience with dangerous myths. The net result is a radical government protected by a bubble of insanity maintained by radical media outlets that are only interested in power. The people who run these organizations know exactly who they are doing, uh, what they are doing and rely on the ignorance of their vast swaths of the society to keep up the fa- facade. 
The unconscious masses who give in to their fears of the other and voted in the monster currently in office work diligently to spread the falsehoods responsible for maintaining Trump's grip on power. This is not subjective reporting, but fact. British researchers from Oxford University have proved definitively that Trump supporters share more junk political news over Twitter and Facebook than all groups combined. Backers of Donald Trump are sharing more junk political news, ideologically extreme uh, conspiracies, sensational and phony information over Twitter and Facebook more more than all other groups combined. Significantly magnifying the polarization of the American electorate, according to an analysis by British researchers. Rather than obtaining news over social media from mainstream outlets, these Americans shared posts from 92 Twitter accounts of French groups such as 100% Fed Up, Before It's News, The Angry Americans, We Are the New Media, during three months before Trump's first State of the Union, the Oxford University researchers reported. The study, uh, which culled data from hundreds of thousands of social media accounts, found similar patterns for Facebook users. The, we, the reason why I find this so fucking terrifying is at this point, I, I don't know. I don't know how to combat this. I don't know how you start, how you stop this because it's not, I mean, we can say this is Trump voters, but there are also the moderates. There are also like, there was a lot of this going around on Twitter with, and Facebook with some of the memes and things I've seen going around. And I'm like, Oh my God, all these people, they, they're parroting. Like you ever have a conversation with somebody on Twitter about politics and you see they're parroting a line you've heard from other people before. Like you can tell it's not their own. They didn't come to this conclusion on their own. Yeah. They're just throwing this stuff back at you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, like that happened so much during the election. I'm like, and it wasn't just from people that were Trump voters. It was like Bernie black supporters, people. the black people, you know, mm-hmm. the people who like, so I think, and I think that this, um, the, the, and that's why it makes this study so terrifying to me. It focuses on Trump voters and Trump supporters. But I think to me, the more devastating thing for this is how much of this stuff is getting spread around the groups of people who then will, will not go out and vote. And who will find a uh, use this as an excuse to be like, well, both parties are the same. And that's what scares me about this because mm-hmm. I don't know how you stop Come this. Back. I don't know. I don't, I don't know how you tell, like it was, um, the, the thing going around, I, I, we've been kind of avoiding some of the bigger pol- political news, but just real quickly, the whole thing going around with this, the memo, the, the FBI memo, the, the GOP released their memo. Cause Devin Nunes is a piece of shit. And terrible, and I can't understand how he's still in the fucking uh, in Congress. Um, but then Trump now said that he's not going to release the, the Democratic memo, uh, and says that because it has it needs to be re uh, re edited because it has too much sensitive information in there. Hmm. Okay. When he released the GOP uh, memo, the FBI, the DOJ said, "Do not release it. It has sensitive information in there." He did it anyway. The Democratic memo went to the DOJ, the FBI. And they didn't say that there was any sense of information in there at all, but Trump said that there is, so now that they won't release that shit, right? Mm-hmm. Now that's what it looks like right there on that side. But they were talking about this on the media, and the media is starting slowly, ever so slowly, to fucking get it. Mm-hmm. They were like, the reason why Trump is, is delaying this is one, 
delay till something else big comes up and then we forget about it. But two, he was like, because when the first memo came out, even though it didn't say what they thought it said, conservative media went with one talking point on it and and got it all out there. And the facts that came out later that kind of disproved what they said didn't get shared as much. Like people watch this happen on. So it's like the GOP is and, and Trump. I figured out that you throw out this fictional like narrative that you've thrown out there and you circulate it around conservative media and that'll stick the correction and the context that comes later doesn't. And so that's what they've done here. And I am terrified that this is just going to be amplified because this is, this does not even involve like what kind of might also involve that too, but it's not even really getting into the whole thing. Russia, you know, the Russian bot thing and Russia, you know, interfering with this stuff and promoting some of this information. And I, and I don't know how to combat that. I don't know how you, you combat the people who honestly, and we know people like this who haven't figured out that this information is false and who, who get the first bit of information, but don't get the, the correction that comes much later. And I think everybody should be terrified. Yeah. I think first of all, that, um, these type of people have always been around. And I think because we shield ourselves in our own personal groups, we don't see that they're here the whole time. So um, the fact is that the, the only thing that's different between now and when Obama was president or when Bush was president is that people feel comfortable saying how they feel. That's the only difference. I think that they've, they've always been there. They're always going to be there. Um, something that somebody said to me the other day, I had a friend of mine, we were talking and, um, we were talking about the election, Clinton election, um, versus Trump. Mm -hmm. This said to me, well, I mean, nobody cared. I mean, y'all, y'all were fine with, with Trump being president. I was like, bitch, what? Like I almost threw up like what? Like nobody I know was okay with Trump being president. What the hell are you talking about? And he was like, nah, black people didn't care. We were fine with it. Hell, most of us didn't even vote. And I was like, what? Like, and, and this is someone that I didn't know back when, you know, the whole election process was going down. And I was like, well, maybe in your group, that's how you felt. But in my group, we were all screaming. We were all shouting at the top of our lungs. Get this motherfucker out of there. What are you talking about? I just think that we all live in our own little groups and we don't know what people are doing until now where there's Twitter and Facebook and, you know, social media where you actually hear how people feel. Um, there's always been people out there like that. And I don't know how we combat it because I feel like we've been fighting this fight since the beginning of time. Mm -hmm. So it's crazy. It's sad. It's scary as fuck. Yeah. And I'm, <laughs> I'm agreeing with you, but it doesn't surprise me because now the only difference is, their racism is is up front. They turn their shirts inside out, mm -hmm. so we can see exactly how they feel. So I I, I almost prefer it. Well, I I prefer it too, uh, at least knowing the information. But you know, you know what, you know what it, it, it is. Um, and I, I've said I've seen two people say this. Having access to all this information, I think, has been great and. It's been great and terrible. Yes, it's been great and terrible. It's been great because, hey, look, I can look at 
you know, having all access to all the information and be like, listen, it's something mature to help me grow. It's helping me be a better person. Like I can look at, you know, just over the 10 years of me podcasting that I've become a way better person. Thanks to all the information I have access to now. But then, you know, what I realize is, and, and I'm saying this about not just myself, cause I don't want to make it seem like I'm bigging myself up. I say this about like a lot of us that fall into this group and category. We all have a couple things that a lot of these other people don't. One, a lot of us already have social skills and communication skills. That's one. Um, Two, a lot of us already have the most basic of comprehension skills, reading comprehension skills, and critical thinking skills. And well, well before the internet came about, critical thinking skills and 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 and, and 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 being able to comprehend that kind of stuff was already like struggling. A lot of people did not have that. You gotta remember the the average reading level for most people in this country is like the sixth reading level. Um the the most people do not have critical thinking skills and, and don't understand how to string those complex things together. And so when you have that those two facts and then you give everybody access to all this information, people aren't going to be able, most people are not going to be able to process that information in the way they should. Most mm-hmm. people instead, what they do is they're told something, and this is what happens with Fox News. You're told something, it it confirms your, your own individual bias, you agree with it, it becomes fact and true to you. That is what's happened. And the fact is that no, things are way more nuanced and complicated than that. It, it's that's not how that works. But that's even how. What well, is even why I get I, I'm gonna get angry at some people on the left. I get angry at leftists sometimes. It's like, like I hear what you're saying, but you've left out a lot of steps in between because you're not actually critically thinking about this. You think you are, but you're not. And there's no there's no way to discuss this with you or debate this with you, you know, cause you're not actually trying to think this out. And that's how so much of this is going right now. And I think the cat's out of the bag and, and, and we don't like the fact that you have the media that won't just admit that, Hey, the reason why we have Trump is because most of this country is stupid. They're afraid to. Yeah. They're like, Oh no, we can't say the American people are American. People are stupid. The American people are smart. No, the American people are not smart. The American people were smart. We wouldn't have Donald Trump as president. The American people were smart. We'd have universal health care. The American people were smart. We'd have, you know, uh, protection for immigrants. You know, we if the American people were smart, we we there were a lot of things that would be going on right now. And the country would be a lot better off. The fact is, we're not smart. We're a bunch of people that, you know, for the most part, operate off of one emotion to, you know being selfish mm-hmm. and so yeah it's whew, yeah sorry but yeah that just gets weird case in point let's um you know what we're gonna go right into um a right group members on right privilege because i think this pretty much sums it up uh when mm-hmm. i do this so i'm um, gonna go ahead and uh play some play some great moments on right privilege
All right, great moments of white privilege. So I don't know if anybody's heard about this. Uh, there is a Republican. He's the only author Jones, the only candidate running in the Republican primary for Illinois' third congressional district, and he's a former leader of the American Nazi Party. Oh my God! Yeah, here's his, here's part of his interview on uh, CNN. It, it's truly fucking fascinating. Go and play. Come on, play. Hi. Oh, hold on. Side for themselves. You've been part of anti-Semitic groups since the 1970s. You go to neo-Nazi rallies. We have pictures of you there. You are were part of the White People's Party. You dress in Nazi garb and you celebrate Hitler's birthday. You're a Nazi. Well, I do not belong to any formal national socialist organization anymore, and I haven't belonged to one since about anymore. Any formal? Any any oh. any formal? And he also said, any more. I love that. Uh, yeah. 1990, okay? Mm-hmm. The only organization that I belong to. Oh, oh, he also, oh, sorry. Any more since 1990. So I've been free clear. <laughs> sure. Oh, Probably God. happened in 1990 as somebody said, oh, you should run for office. Right. Don't come back here anymore. Right. Yeah. Is my own organization. And that's the America First. Oh, shit. Hold on. Did it stop? Oh, sorry. Hold on. It stopped all of a sudden. Because they didn't want to hear his bullshit either, man. Yeah, no, it's terrible. Oh, come on. What are you guys doing? What are, why, are we, why, are we, why are we doing this? Come on, play. Oh, my God. No, I, I got to get it because it's like, you got to hear the whole interview. It, it is a fascinating interview. And I will appreciate. Oh, God. Did it really just. It really just restarted. Um, I appreciate the interview because I it starts off with the interviewer basically saying, you're a Nazi, which I can appreciate because, it, unfortunately, in this day and age, uh, it feels like the media and others have um, kind of shied away from just coming out and flat out saying what we all know, which is that these people are Nazis. Like, let's not call them the alt-right. Let's not call them neo-Nazis. Let's just call them fucking Nazis. Um, Cause that's what they fucking, that's, that's, what the, that's what the fuck they are. So what the fuck? Uh, all right. I think it's going to add a refresh the entire page and it decided it was going to run the whole thing. So let me see. But that's such a low bar though. It is. To be like, you know, you, you're, you're a Nazi. Like that's such a low bar, but it, I guess I accept it. I, yeah. It, no, it, it's extremely low bar. Here we go. That I belong to is my own organization, and that's the America First Committee. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah, you can call it whatever you want, Mr. Jones, but your website is filled with the most vile, rancid rhetoric I think I've ever. I disagree read. with you. It's not vile and rancid. It's the truth. It is. There's nothing on that website that's not true. Mr. I personally put that stuff on there. Yeah. I personally picked out the articles on there. Because they're true. That's now, I can't really help it. You don't want to accept the truth. Listen, I can't help so... it. You don't want to accept the truth. You, you Jews media, you, you've gone absolutely nuts. Oh you, you think that you Adolf think... Hitler is re, uh, revived from the grave or something. Mm-hmm. It's one man, one man, myself, that's standing for the truth. 
And yeah. the news media can't stand that. Mr. Johnson, the what Democrats and Republicans, the cursed two-party, Jew-party, queer-party system can't your stand language. it. And the fact that you deny the Holocaust, you are entitled yes, to Yes, I deny your... the Holocaust. Listen, it's an extortion Mr. racket. You are simple. entitled to and your own crackpot investigation, If you did any honest, if you did any honest mm -hmm. investigation of the Holocaust, you'd realize that it is nothing but an international... Like, okay. hold on, let me finish. Extortion racket by the Jews to bleed, yeah. blackmail, extort, and terrorize their enemies. Sir, are you sure you're not the head of that party still? Like, this man. He was is, foaming at the mouth, Chris. He is running unopposed. Unopposed? In the Republican primary in Illinois. So, where Chicago is? Uh, the third district. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever the third congressional district is, probably not Chicago. More. I'm gonna. I'm gonna take. A, I'm gonna take a wild guess and and, <laughs> right? and, and, and think. Uh, and, and and say that it's not Chicago. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. Here's the article. Um, because it says from the Atlantic that says how a Nazi made the ballot in Illinois. Uh, the Holocaust denier is running unopposed in the Illinois Republican primary for Congress. Doesn't describe himself as a Nazi, but his par party, however, does. Author Joe now prefers the term white ra racialist, he told the Atlantic. And if, even if he loses in November, his ability to share his extremist views has already been buoyed by a series of dramatic failures that led him to the ballot in the first place. From the state party being unable to recruit an alternative, uh, alternative candidate in a highly partisan district to voters signing ballot access petitions without paying much attention. Uh, in an interview, Jones said he believes that white people are more intelligent than black people. Two of his primary, two of his primary goals include ending America's wars in the Middle East, which he says say pr primarily serve the interests of Israel, and cracking down on so-called sanctuary cities. I will work with the Ku Klux Klan, with socialists. I <laughs> excluded the communists, of course. Any patri patriotic organization that is generally is in general agreement with my beliefs and my principles. Jones, a health insurance agent living in Lyons, Illinois, spent eight years as a member of the National Socialist White People's Party, previously known as the American Nazi Party, and has been active in the American First Committee since 1980s. Illinois' third congressional district, which encompasses part of Cook County, has been represented by Democratic Dan uh, Lipinski since 2005. Jones has run unsuccessfully in the primary for the district six times since 1998. He makes no secrets of he makes no secrets of his views. The Anti Defamation League has flagged him as a longtime neo Nazi. His campaign website features sections including news con contributing Holocaust with question mark. He told me that he was disappointed in the President Trump for appointing so many Jews in his cabinet. The state GOP has offered a, a full throated con condemnation of uh, Jones' candidacy. The Illinois Republican Party in our country have no place for Nazis like Arthur Arthur Jones said, an Illinois Republican Party Chairman uh, Tim Schneider. In a statement, we strongly oppose his racist views and his candidacy for any public office, including the third congressional district. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't. It's just. Wow. Wow. Now, see, he he won't get elected again, I bet, because mm -hmm. that's white people's limit. When you're overtly racist, when you're a Nazi, that'll be their limit. That's the saddest shit ever, but I bet you he won't get in because he's a Nazi. Mm -hmm. and he's mm -hmm. foaming at the mouth. If he was one of the smarter Republicans, he was a little bit smart. If he was as smart as he fucking thinks he is, 
he would not be foaming at the mouth. It's like it was almost like he couldn't he couldn't hold his breath, you know, in between, you know, telling this lady how much of a racist he is. Oh, but if he was a little bit smarter. Oh, he'd have, you know, what you're um, describing, you know, what you're describing. And I believe he's also from Illinois. Steve King. Representative okay. Steve King. Representative Steve King is a white supremacist. It is note he has on several occasions said these things, uh, not again, not foaming at the mouth, so it gets you know people let it go. But he has done this several times, and it's very clear that he is a white supremacist, and that Steve mm-hmm. King is. And um, yeah, and so that's basically what the, the GOP is basically saying here is, hey dude, hey dude, not so loud, right? Not so loud. You got to do it. You know, got to do it on the you know, got to do it on the radar, man. You can't be, you can't be, you can't be denying the Holocaust album. Come on, man, you gotta calm that down a little bit. That's what mm-hmm. that shit is. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's truly fucking amazing, um, and it's fucking ridiculous. So I I just mm, yeah, but um, yeah, he's running for running unopposed in the primary, and um, just ridiculous. Ridiculous. So that's crazy, man. Yeah, I, crazy. Is is there someone? Uh, there is a Democrat running. Oh yeah, yeah, the Democrat has, has been there. The Democrat I think is going to be facing a uh, a more progressive member in his primary. But uh, uh, it's uh, who are, who did I say it was? It was um, Lipinski or something. I can't remember what his first name is. Uh, but he's a conservative Democrat, so he'll be facing probably a more progressive member of his own party. Um, but I can't. I, I honestly can't. I, I say this, but you know. People say like Roy Moore came too close, as far as I'm concerned. No, you're right. No, I'm, it, it could absolutely happen, but I believe that yeah, uh, white moderates won't, or not even white moderates, just white people. Period. They don't want their racism on the outside; they want it on the inside. Oh, yeah. And so I'm sure they're in there telling him to shut the fuck up. And the fact that he won't shut up means that they won't support him. Mm-hmm. It's how I feel like it's gonna happen. That's how. You know, it seems to happen when it comes to people that are so racist they can't contain themselves. Those aren't the ones that scare me. The ones that scare me are people like Steve King. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Those Absolutely. are the ones that will do things like take money from black schools or, you know, incarcerate black people at a higher rate because they got in and no one noticed that they were bringing in, you know, uh, racist policies with them. Absolutely, so. absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That guy's ridiculous. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get ready to wrap this up. I've kept you long enough. We had a little hiccups before, so so got a little bit longer than probably um, just to get everything together. Like you guys might not even notice it, but yeah, we even had a like we we got it took us a while to get started. We got started, then the the the, the it went out again. So then I'm gonna do some editing on this show to put everything together. Uh, but I want to say thank you very much, ma'am, for um, being on the show. Uh, I'm glad I got to talk to you about your business. I, I do have one question I was supposed to ask you earlier, and I guess we'll, this will be a good one to end, end with. You know, you do secret sauce; it's been great. Um, I know we're gonna you're gonna. I'm gonna remind you now to send me the audio for the last one you did, so we can get that out this week. Um, do it now. But uh, I'm gonna ask you this: if you give me your top three women you would like to interview at any point, I mean, not saying you can do it right now or it happened this year, but if you could interview. Three women, three black women for Secret Sauce. Who would it be? Oh, man. I mean, is it 
women. Hey, like it's you. It's your show. I, I tell you, I love. I love when you guys ask me things when it comes to your own show. I'm like, oh, it's your show. Do what you, whatever. You, if they're black women, they're what you could interview them. Because I'm assuming any of these women are probably gonna be somehow running their own business anyway. So, three black women. Who would it be? Okay, so this is a fantasy, right? Um, well, one of them is Karen because I admire Karen so much. Come on, black guy, Karen. Karen. Yeah. Oh man, we hooked that up. We, man, we can hook that up it's now. Like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> See, this is the thing, though. Like, I met Karen at um, NegroCon, of course, and she came up to me and she said, "Oh, you're from Secret Sauce," and I was like. Uh, yeah. Oh, I love your show. I, man, look. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I'm dying. Like, really, you hear my, because the thing is, I started my podcast listening with Rod and Karen, because mm-hmm. I typed in black, and I found <laughs> Rod and Karen. That is how I found them. And then from them, I found you. From you, I found um Nina's podcast. Like, I found all my podcasts basically starting from them. So if I was to have a list, one of them would definitely be Karen. Um, Ava DuVernay would be amazing. That would be amazing because the things that she's doing in business right now, mm-hmm. I just, I admire her from so, for, you know, from afar. And the real fantasy would be Michelle Obama. I know that's like a huge fantasy. But oh, yeah, I that's... look, I said fantasy first. Yeah, yeah. No, hey, hey, look, look, I think everybody would like to. Every Michelle Obama. <laughs> right, forget Barack. Like, forget, forget Barack. But um, yeah. Yeah, forget Barack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even though he's looking good right now, ladies. Wait, wait, wait. So is that picture of him with the beard? That can't be real. That's not a real. That's not. Uh, real. Look, if it's real, um, look, I, look, that gray is mm, <laughs> just delicious. I can't I, not. Like, he's always looked like super nerdy to me. I saw that picture. I was like, oh my, my knees. I, my chest, I just fell apart. Like first, first of all, that beard is not real because Michelle will say, "No, you are not. <laughs> you are not going what, out of know? this house looking like that. <laughs> you are not going out thirst trapped and like that out here. <laughs> no, she she will go ahead and say, she, no, that's not happening.' Michelle could have said no to that shit. <laughs> yeah, because that's a true thirst trap beard. Like I was like, oh, is that?" to catch myself like wait a minute i posted that i said well when did this happen because he has never looked like yeah but yeah (laughs) i saw that shit and was like who this nigga who this i'm like oh hell no 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 that ain't fucking real no better get the fuck out of here barack Ooh, that's like the kind of picture you put up on your wall okay I just want to look at him every day. That's what that is. Come on, man, Mr. President. <laughs> okay, but beyond all that, um, Michelle would be my biggest fantasy. Even Beyonce would be a huge fantasy. Like the things that she's done in business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Come on, the things that the changes she's made in the music industry, the the, the door she was able to kick open. I, oh. Um, who's another one? Um, she used to be on MSNBC. Can't think of her name. Tamron Hall? No, but Tamron, where's she at? I need her to come back, man. I miss her. Who who else? Um, no, uh, she used to have a show on Sundays. Melissa Melissa Harris-Perry? Yes. That's another woman in business that I admire from afar. So I have a list. You know know a funny story about, about her? I've been on shows with her because uh, she used to be on uh, This Week in Blackness all the time. 
and I I've done shows with her before, long before she got the. Uh, she was on MSNBC and stuff like that. That was funny. Yeah, I actually might have been. I actually might have been on a show with Joanne Reed too. I'm not sure. Yeah, she's amazing too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's amazing too. But before we go, can I do a black woman shout out? No, oh, please. All right. So my black woman shout out may seem a little generic, but really I have to do this. Thank you to all the women that came on my show. Real talk. Like I really do appreciate you, ladies. I. I'm sure some of my shows were slower, boring. I could have done better. I, But the fact that I met each and every one of you and that you guys had no idea, but you were inspiring what I wanted to do and who I wanted to become. And I just really want to say thank you. Like, I, shout out to all you ladies. Like, I met people that were making films and I'm I'm in admiration of all those women, so I just want to do a black woman shout out to all of them. I'm 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 ha- I'm happy for you, because like I said, like mm-hmm. you guys don't know, like there's a lot of stuff that happens in the background when it comes to us putting together shows and things like that. And <laughs> when I tell you guys that Latoya has always been like just so nervous about everything she puts out, like yeah. I, I I'm underselling it, <laughs> okay. And um no I'm I'm really happy one that you brought your show to number and and not just just so I mean what you guys do with docu drunks is amazing too like I I can not stress mm-hmm. that enough we that hey you said what we're all crazy I said we all have fun on the show yeah so it's like that right there is also amazing um but like you taking the reins and and, and taking the original black woman shout out and then b- making it into a show um that I think is very very much needed. And um, me being able to give you the, you know, I knew that, you know, if you put it on the network that people will listen to it, I'm glad that I could, you know, help you give that little signal boost for for the show. And I, th- I think it's been great. And I, I know that um, going forward, you'll do better, and you know, e- even better. And uh, like I said, you know, promote your business, you know, <laughs> promote the stuff you're doing. And, I, and I'm glad that I'm actually, again, Hearing that it it was the women that you interviewed on Secret Sauce it would kind of you know help drive you towards starting your own business. Hearing that on this show the first time I heard that because I knew you started the business in December, but see you never again you never really you still undersell everything you do. Right? <laughs> so I had no idea, and so that to me makes it even more important that your show you know gets out there and that we promote it and that you know, you're able to to build an audience of black women who listen to that show and black men. I think that, again, I, I think I don't want people to think that it's just for black women either. I think hearing the women you bring on, like the wide range of women you bring on who are doing all these different things, I think they're an inspiration for anybody out there, you know, black, white, you know, man or woman, you know, anybody. I, th- I think they're, they're, it's, it's very, very important um to have to hear those voices and hear what everybody is doing. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad I'm glad I'm glad it's working out. So, um, oh, wait, one more. Thing. Okay. I thought we talked about me creating a vlog. We I'm did. Gonna... Yeah, we did. We, I, we're, we'll, we'll, we'll talk after this guy. See, this is one of those things. This is why I got really, really excited when I found out you were, you were actually doing it. You had a business. And I, I'm, I was telling people, it's like, Literally, I sat there when I found this out. I was like, yo, we got to talk. And I started scribbling down notes. 
to talk to Latoya later on about the different things you could do. Like, you can do a vlog. We can do stuff with your Instagram. We can do this, and you know, I can help you edit the videos and put up on your on your on your own YouTube channel. You can put all the stuff there. You can use the the the, the podcast to promote that stuff, and you can bring other. Like, I had all this entire thing thought out to how we can help you promote this stuff, and I'm really really excited. So, yeah, if you want to do that, we'll 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 make it happen. So, um. Yeah, folks. Where can people find your business? I think we already know how they can find Secret Sauce. Uh-huh. How can they find you? Um, and, and I think you, I know you shared your Instagram. Can you share it again? And do you have any other social media with your your business yet, other than Instagram? So, Facebook. Sorry, I'm going to echo, so I'm just going to say it slowly. On Facebook, it's Treats and Temptations. That is my Facebook page. On um, Instagram, it's Treats and temptations which is with the n and then um i also have the web page or my site treats and temptations.com well, you have it please support um any way you can support toya's business here and also listen to our own secret sauce you know you can get secret sauce on itunes Stitcher radio i think we have the subdomain set up for that so you should be able to type in secret sauce.mtrnetwork.net and it'll take you right to the page that has all the information um, for her show, so you can get it from there. And um, you guys know me; it's Chris at Insanity Report on Twitter. You can follow and subscribe to the Insanity Check on iTunes, Stitcher Radio. Um, I made this announcement on some other shows, but you can get the Character Corner now on Spotify. So if you search for for Character Corner on Spotify, I'm slowly trying to get uh, all the other stuff up there as well. Spotify is very very weird when it comes to it doesn't they don't let everybody in. And I think that's stupid, but whatever. So I've had to go through uh, Lipson to try to get our shows up there. So I've got Character Corner up there. I'll try to get some of the other shows up there as well. But um, and uh, but yeah, stay tuned. We got plenty of stuff coming out there. Uh, there may or may not be a show next week. I don't know. We'll see how. It's a lot of stuff going on next week, folks. Uh, so we'll just see. And I definitely do have two videos that are coming out soon on YouTube. So uh, in our review, there will probably be a review for us um, from me. The first or, first or several reviews coming out uh, for Black Panther as early as Tuesday. So stay tuned. And, we're going to uh, do one too. The ladies of NTR, we're going to do one. Yes, they're going to do one. They'll probably do a spoiler one. And I'm going to go ahead and just make that on the free feed. So I, I know there will be there will be a spoiler. There, there are going to be several spoiler reviews for Black Panther because I know everybody's going to want to talk about it. Uh, the one that myself and Deepon will do, that'll probably be on the, the, the spoiler review feed. I'm just going to throw everybody else's up <laughs> on the regular feed. So everybody can hear all the other voices on the MTR network. So um, stay tuned for that as well. And um, yeah. Oh, last thing too. If you are getting your, t- if you got your ticket already for um, our viewing next week for NegroCon, uh, the mixtape, uh, we, I will be down uh, handing out tickets by 10 o'clock that morning, Saturday. Um, please, please, please. I'm, I, I cannot trust this enough. If you have to pick up your ticket, get your ticket before 1145. After 1145, I'm going to go ahead and sit down. And you will not be able to get your ticket and you need to take it to get in. So do not try the whole, you know, I'm going to be five minutes late. No, 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 no. No, be nobody there. So get there. Get there early. You don't have to be there at 10. If you get there between 1130, 1145, there'll be somebody out there to give you your ticket. and You'll be able to get in. But please do not try to cut it close. Do not, do, don't do that. For for my sake, for all our sakes, 
don't do it. All right. Um, and then afterwards we'll be down downstairs at Bar Louie that day uh, to have drinks around like two thirty. So if you couldn't get a ticket to be with us, you can just come out to Bar Louie and drink with us afterwards. It'll be all of us there. So um, come out and do that. So it'll be fun. So again, uh, so thank you very much for joining me on this show. And um, everybody else, thank you guys very much for listening. We'll be back soon. Peace. Bye.